the pictures that you're seeing. Oops, we go back one. Okay, the picture you there are the ministries that AIC has a privilege of supporting. Actually, I think we are missing one or two. Uh, some from the local ministry that we're doing. These are all the opportunities that we have, and we certainly hope that we'll have more so that it will not fit in one screen. I'm hearing an echo. Is it okay, the sound? Okay. Now, before I start, I'd like for you to remember two numbers. Remember, I was a math teacher, so I like numbers. Five and 25. Okay. Five and 25. I'm going to ask you to remember those two numbers. Now, we've been reminded many times that missions is our, mid- is our middle name. Oops, sorry. And we, our denomination is Christian and Missionary Alliance, so yes, mission is our middle name. And I totally agree with that. Other than just a little wordplay, but as the inheritor of this great gospel that changed lives for eternity, isn't it our privilege, our joy, as was, uh, you heard many times already, to claim missions, to be a millionaire for every single one of us? It's, um, it's kind of the least we can do. So we talk about missions today with the JID team, but what is it? What's missions? Now, I, I Google it, and the first definition that pops up is, um, is this is a dictionary definition, the vocation or calling of a religious organization, especially a Christian one, to go out into the world and spread its faith. I think if I ask most of you, that's something like this, right? Some, that's a definition that most of us will have, something similar. Then right below this one is a definition from a Christian organization. It says, <coughs> sorry, <coughs> Christian missions is following Christ's call, sharing the gospel with the lost world through God's wisdom and strength. That's even better. I think that's closer to what we will look at as being a mission. <coughs> Sorry. <coughs> when we think of missionaries, we may think of people like uh, Andre and Joyce. We may think of Navina. We may think of uh, Dor and Dory. And, and they're great examples of missionaries. And AIC is privileged to have them call us home. But most of us know that it's a little bit more than that, right? It's, that being a missionary or mission is more than just going to a far off land. Or it's more than just grabbing your passport, hopping on a plane or a train or a bus or, or whatever. It's a little bit more than that. Before I tackle this topic a little bit further, I'd like to jump a little bit to a parallel point first. Now, in JID, that's where we are, you heard they share what is. What does GID stand for? I think most of us, see, we've been doing this for many years, so most of you that have been here for a while, you have seen them share for many years. So you know that GID stands for Glow in the Dark. Look at the name. Glow, 
giving of light in the but the last part dark do we really believe that? What does that imply? That we are living in the darkness? In Psalms 107, 10 and 11 says, Some sat in darkness and in the shadow of death, prisoners in affliction and in iron, for they have rebelled against the word of God and spurned the counsel of the Most High. People living in darkness. Again, in Isaiah 9-2. Now this is quoted in Matthew 4-16. The people who walk in darkness have seen a great light. And I don't know about you. Sometimes I'm hesitant to think of that. All of us have friends and family members who are not Christians. Does this, does this mean they are living in the dark? We don't do that, right? We don't walk up to somebody, hi, you're living in the dark. It doesn't go very far. Right? It's not, probably not the first law of the four spiritual laws, right? But is this true? Or even close to the home? Were us living in darkness as well before we know Christ? It's not a comfortable thought. But we chose this name many, many, many moons ago because we recognize that the Word of God, not only these two verses, many, many verses, many, many thoughts in the Bible that remind us that for those of us who do not yet know Christ, the Bible calls us, we're living in the dark. In, but, thankfully, that's not the end of the story. Now, yes, we're pretty sad that we can all go home and forget about staying here. But thankfully, that's not the end of the story. In John 1, 4-5, it says, In him was life, and the life was the light of man. The light shines in darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. That's great news, that we don't have to stay in the dark. Uh, the hymn here, of course, talk about Christ. He has come to give life. Now, going back to the name, G-I-D, Glow in the Dark. One of the key verses we claim for our team verse, I don't know if you guys still know it or not, Matthew 5, 14 to 16. Now, I believe this verse was used by uh, Pastor Ng last week as well. And whenever I have the privilege to share here, you've heard me share this verse many times. We, can, we should go quote it. It says, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamb and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives lights to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to God, to the Father who is in heaven. Now, many of uh, John and Mark did a great job, and as Ms. Lab and Ms. Mark share what this means to them. But what did that mean to us? What does this have to do with missions? It's supposed to be a mission, kind of like a mission Sunday. We talk about mission. So, what does this verse have to do with missions? We often have no problem shining, glowing, shining. We have often have no problem shining for God on a mission trip. Right? We go, we're all excited. We are willing to give up sleep. 
right? Even though the teacher tells you to go to bed, you know, give up sleep, right? Uh, or uh, we are willing to uh, go some inconveniences. We're willing to um, maybe roughing it, kind of, roughing it for a few days because you're sharing, right? You're sharing the gospel, so no problem. We're all excited. But one time, no problem. If we're not glowing and shining where we are, and going on a trip to Kaiping, to wherever we go, it's probably not a whole lot more than just doing a show. Now, don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not questioning the motives or the desire of those of us who go on mission trips or go on short-term mission trips. Not at all. I do believe that all of us who do go on those trips or spend time as missionaries go with the right and totally find the God motive. But my question, and it's already brought up by a number of them, are we glowing and sharing where we are? Do people around us know that we're Christians? Do our, do our classmates, schoolmates, our employers, employees, our co-workers will point to us and say, there's something different about this person. This person makes decisions not looking at the bottom line as the only way, but they actually consider if a decision is right or wrong. Would people will point to us to that? Are we shining and glowing where we are? Another key verse that we have for the team is right here. Here? Well, up there too. <laughs> Down here. Acts 1.8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. I do not believe this verse is necessary talking about going to a father and father place. Yes, we need missionary in other areas and other places in the world. But it's not only about locale. But it does speak. I believe this verse does speak about the absolute need to be witnesses, whether it be your Jerusalem or your Judea, and we absolutely need people to go beyond that. But are we, are we doing the first step? Are we being witnesses where we are? That is my first point. Yes, it took me a while to get here. Are we being a light wherever we are? I hope so. And that's something that when I was with the team, Something I remind them, and I'm sure Ms. Lab and Ms. Ma continue to remind them, are you being a light where you are? If not, going to China or going to wherever, it's kind of pointless. One important aspect of glowing is, a, is that it's a continuous process. It's not like Midoy. I still remember many, many months ago, many, many years ago, in Hong Kong, there was supposed to be a, a Midoy shower that comes once in a lifetime. So I took a group of students out to, um, where did I take them? Clearwater Bay? Or uh, somewhere out there. Um, and we, we spent like hours getting there because of traffic jam, because everyone wanted to go there. And when you get to the beach, there were thousands of people there using flash photography, so we end up seeing nothing. But <laughs> it was a waste of time. And we still had to go back to school the next day. I insist that they have to go back to school the next day. 
it's, it's not like that. Right? It's not a meteor shower. It's a big flash. Wow! They get all excited. But then gone within a second. That's not missions. That's not witnessing. That's not being a light. Well, a very short-term light. Mission, I, I really believe mission, a big part of mission is building relationships that, you, that allow you to earn the right to be heard. That they will to listen to you because they know that you're not just there, do your thing, and then leave. That's why the GID team, there's one of the big reasons why the GID team go back over and over and over again to the same place. Um, last week, there's a school from China who visited the CAIS. We have had 11 years relationship with that school, and they have visited us, oh, must have been at least seven or eight of those years. It was a great time. They brought about 80, 86 students, about nine teachers from the school, and when they stepped off the bus, a group of our students were there waiting to greet them, and I saw that a few of them start waving, even when they were far away. And our students start with, oh, I know you, I remember you. It's exciting. And when we visited them in China, it's the same thing. Wow, we remember you. You came again. Now, sometimes they may forget the name, and sometimes we forget the name. But they recognize the people, and they pick up where they left off. Pay relationship. In John 15, 12 to 15, says, This is my commandment, that you love one another as I've loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends, if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I've called you friends. For all that I have heard from my Father, I make known to you. We are not there. Our mission trips are not meant, are not designed to be going, doing a big show, and leaving. We want partnership with our friends. The people, the church people that we visit, even the school, the teachers, they are our friends. So when we invite them to church, when we speak into life, say, yes, well, we'll stay a little bit nicer than this, but yes, you are living in darkness. And here is the light. You have a chance to get out of it. Friendship allows you to speak like that a lot closer. Um, I was going to tell you what we do, but John already did a great job. We go into China, we visit schools. Some of the silly pictures you saw are some of the things that we do at schools. We do silly games, we sing songs, they dance. Uh, or do exercises or, or whatever. We just do fun things. And then we also say, by the way, we'll be at church this Saturday. We'll be at church this Sunday. Would you like to join us? And sometimes nobody will show up. And we end up uh, basically ourselves. And sometimes the church is packed to overflowing. Hundreds. And I'm not even exaggerating. Sometimes hundreds of first-time visitors who come. Now, most of them are probably not there to hear the gospel purely. They want to take pictures with our students or with our teachers. But inside church, we have opportunity to put in a program 
like what they just did, we have drawings, we have songs, we have testimonies, and we share with them this light thing that can cast out the darkness, the answer, the deepest longing in our lives. That's why one of the things that <coughs> that keep we keep in top of our minds when we plan trips. Missions. <coughs> Sorry. Missions about relationships. One thing that we keep in top of our minds is when we go, we are not going there just doing our own thing. We're going to serve. We want to be remembered that when we travel to wherever we're traveling, it's not about us. Now, that may seem obvious to us, right? It's, it's, it makes sense, right? We're going to serve, obviously. Even our terminology, we reflect that. But, I don't know about you, but sometimes I need to remind myself. I need to catch myself. I'm not there for my purpose. Yes, I do planning. Of course, I need to plan. Of course, I need to uh, organize. But I'm not there for me. I'm there to serve. In Matthew 26, uh, 20, 26 to 28, it says, It shall not be so among you, but whoever would be great among you must be your servant, and whoever would be first among you must be your slave. Even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. I'm so thankful for God, aren't you? Yes, for so many reasons. One of which is that he did not just tell us to serve. He served. He didn't just tell us that it's a good idea to serve. He came to earth. He served, hung on the cross as a ransom for many. When we do missions, we cannot be thinking that we are doing anyone a favor other than maybe to ourselves. We are meant to go to serve our brothers and sisters, wherever we may be. We are there to help in worthy ways because many of them probably have a lot less resources than we do. God has blessed us so much here in Hong Kong or wherever we may be from. How can we just sit around and pat ourselves on the back and say, we are so blessed. <coughs> Sorry. Can okay, someone get me a glass of water, please? Can someone back? Just give me a cup of water, please? I'm sorry. <coughs> Probably too nervous. Yeah. I know students don't believe me when I tell them I get nervous. <coughs> sorry. Our lives are saved from the dark. Peace was given to us. Sometimes we take that for granted. I, I don't, maybe, I, I shouldn't use the pronoun we. Sometimes I take for granted that I have this peace that surpasses all understanding. I know the assurance that I may not know what happens tomorrow, but I know who holds tomorrow in his hands. How can we, how can we even consider, how can we even think for a moment 
that will leave those people by themselves. Let someone else do it. And you don't get involved in one way or another. Before we think that Christ was the first person. When we normally think of being a servant, we think of this verse or other verses that show us Christ was the one who, who showed us that. And it's true, he de- definitely demonstrated it. But let's look at the beginning. In Genesis 1-3, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. Now what does that have to do with missions? Yes, light, G-I-D, go in the dark, so yes, that connection there. But besides that, this was his first, first thing he created. Now, one question may be, where did this light come from? The sun wasn't created to the fourth, fourth day. But that's a question we've discussed in another time. Who's this light for? Does he need light to see? He is light. Who's this light created for? For his creations. Even way in the beginning, what he created, he was serving. Let there be light. He was serving. He was glowing in the dark. So our name, we copy God. He was glowing. He, he demonstrated to us that he created. What part of his creation? is for his creation. As you celebrate the team, another great year. Uh, sadly, I wasn't with them for most of the, the school year. Uh, for those of you that are visitors, you know that Oh, you don't know that. I stepped away from school two years ago. We started this team 19 years ago. I served with them 17 years. And then, thankfully, uh, Ms. Lab and Ms. Ma took over two years ago to serve with the team. And they've done a great job this year. Not only, not only about going to China, but at school on many of the activities. But I hope we do more than just politely clap for them or were encouraged by their testimony. Yes, I hope you will clap for them. <laughs> I hope you are encouraged by their testimonies. But I hope that we also reflect on our own lives. No, not all of us can go into China. Not all of us can go, into, uh, go to Congo. That's not the point. Remember the first point that I raised? That is not about the location as much as are willing to say yes. It's our first choice. I know I, for me, there were many times, yes, it's my first inclination to come to church every Sunday, warm the seats, and we should be happy. Or, are we willing to say, God, I will stay or go wherever you lead. I want to encourage you Yes, there's a group of kids, well, besides the teachers, that many of them were very scared when they first joined the team. For those that joined three, four years ago, I was with them. And some of them that just joined recently, I know they're still very scared. But they had the courage to, to use a um, to often repeated phrase, step out of their comfort zone to serve. I challenge us, you and I, where may God be leading? It could be that next door neighbor that no one else in here have a chance to talk to because they don't live next to that person. It could be 
that patient in the hospital who desperately needed your encouragement. It could be that employee or employer, or it could be anybody. Are we opening our eyes and ears? See, God, where may you have me serve? And maybe, maybe just one or two of us will be answering the call to go a little bit farther away. It could be across the border or even further. And when we grow, when we glow, when we grow, not glow, when we grow, are we building those relationships that people will see the light and come to glorify the Father in heaven? Finally, are we glowing as a servant? Are we there to serve? And it's a question that I often ask myself. This short sharing today is as much for myself as for anybody else. Uh, many of you know that for the past two years I've been traveling to China at least once a month, sometimes more. I was, I was calculating for the past uh, 20 months or so, I probably have been to um, for about 30 trips around there. But I need to remind myself because I, I'm, my, I'm getting old, kind of forgetful. I often forget I'm going there to serve, not to be showing off how much I know, which is very little. I'm there to serve. I need to be reminded. And as for all of us here, let's remember we are to be a servant. Three points. I hope this encouragement to you. Finally, so if there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourself. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant. Being born in the likeness of man and being found in human form, he humbled himself by being, becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. There, there were two numbers I asked you to, to remember. Keep it back in your mind. Remember those numbers? Five and twenty-five. Most of us can probably already heard of numbers like this. There were supposed to be 2.2 billion Christians in the world today, among about 7.5 billion people in the world. That 2.2 billion are probably a little bit inflated in some countries, and probably underreported in some countries. But let's just take 5%. I think we, are pretty, we can be pretty confident that 5% of that 2.2 billion are genuine believers, at least 5%. If that 5% are willing to be faithful and go out, again, going out is not locale. It could be locale, but not that main thing. Are, going, are willing to go and share. And we know that speaking, sharing is our responsibility. Harvesting is the Holy Spirit, so it's not us. But let's just give a number like five. Let's say those 5% Christians of, of the Christians 
and 5% of them were able to share and have someone come to know the Lord. One person in two years. Okay, 5% of Christians and 5% of them were able to lead someone to Christ and disciple them. One person every two years. In about 25 years, the whole world is rich. 25 years. Now you can check my math. It's probably maybe a little bit off. I've been, I've been teaching math for a while. But that should encourage us. It's not, we're not talking about thousands of years. It's if only 5% Are we going to be that 5%? The closing song today, I asked Lala to help us sing. That basically demonstrates everything I said today. It's an older song. I didn't even realize it was that old. When I asked the students, they didn't know it. When I asked Lala, even she didn't know it, or kind of know it. <laughs> but it's one of my favorite songs. If you know it, sing along with Lala, or just look at the lyrics and learn from Christ, the servant king. As you come up, let's pray. Father, we thank you for demonstrating to us, for serving, even upon the cross. Lord, I, each, you, each of us, you call to a different task. But Lord, I pray that we will seek that task, we'll seek that calling. Yes, first and foremost, we're to love you and glorify you. Lord, let us seek where you have us to serve, where you have us to glow, where you have us to serve. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.